Shoot Your Shot Sports presents If It Has a Score, a podcast about movies, TV, sports, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Devin Lang and Wes Skim. Hello and welcome to If It Has a Score. We are back this December 21st, uh, recording a wonderful episode. There's snow on the ground finally here. Yep, winter uh, wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Never too late. We have to talk about the weather in every intro now, just because I, I can't think of anything else to bring up. This podcast is actually brought to you by the your local news channel. The local weather channel <laughs> sponsors this podcast. They don't actually. No, they don't. Don't look it up. We're being optimistic here, folks. <laughs> um, but we do have our own news that we're going to be reporting. Uh, why don't we switch it up? And have you go first, Wes? That's not really switching it up. We switch up all the time. I'll go first. That's fine. That's fine. Um, okay. So we do have quite a bit of industry news since the last time we did news. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week we did personal news. So um, we're not really going to report on too much from that news cycle. It's mostly from more recent stuff. Uh, but my first bit is Adam Sandler is going to receive uh, the Mark Twain Award for comedy. Cool. Uh, it's the 24th time that this award has been given out uh, to honor a uh, comedian or someone who has done a lot of work in the field of comedy. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he, he'll earn that in March at the uh, JFK Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, so that's a really big honor for him. Definitely, he deserves that. Definitely. Um, any any awards in the in in uh, the sports world that you think would be uh, about comparable? Um, so it's funny you bring this up. So the news cycle that we took off that you're just referring to, they actually just renamed all of the NBA awards oh, after yeah. former players. So this one being named after somebody, the NBA is doing a similar thing. So I know a couple off the top of my head. Um, the MVP award is now the Michael Jordan Award. Yeah, um, I heard that one. There's, let's see, um, Jerry West has won. Hakeem Olajuwon has won. Uh, Will else? Chamberlain has won. Anyone else from uh, Space Jam get one? <laughs> uh no. <laughs> LeBron did not oh, get one. It I was meant more the first one, but you know. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of who, who even else yeah, is in there that were like movie. Five other players? It's been a long time. I'll have to fire it back up and get and back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not renaming this award, but right. um, he's still earning it. So that's a big honor for him. Um, honestly, I thought that he was going to win his first Oscar with Uncut Gems. It was a really good performance by him, but. Um, you know, Adam Sandler always catches flack from some people for being like some of his movies are bad and all that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, all in all, yes, they're stupid, but, <laughs> but he's, he's good at what he does. He's good at doing the comedy and playing stupid characters. So, um, if you're good at what you do, you can win an award. That's yeah. what you learn from this one. People enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> also speaking of awards and honors, the National Library of Congress has released its 2022 National Film Registry um, films. So every year they pick, I want to say it's around 20 films 
that have some sort of big significance on art or on society or culture and they register them in the National Film Registry. So these are it's a, a big list of films that just have a big significance in culture. Two years ago, Shrek was added to the list, so mm-hmm. everyone was super excited about that. Rightfully um, so. So yeah, there's a new batch of films that they just added in. Uh, one of them is Iron Man, the first Iron Man, 2008. Uh, the Little Mermaid, 1989. Uh, we also have When Harry Met Sally, 1989, uh, and Tongues Untied, so on and so forth. So, like, it, it can be films that everyone's heard of. They can be foreign films. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be indie films. They can also be home videos. Um, so, <laughs> there's uh, Cab Calloway Home Movies uh, was one of the ones. I've never heard of that, but that just mm. sounds interesting. Certainly. I Maybe it's a, it. a d- direct to... To de- I mean, it was 1948 to 51, so okay. I it was before really like mass uh, production of films. Yeah, Hairspray made it in for some reason. I don't know why. It's not <laughs> really that good of a movie, but uh, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, they're they're just movies that have had some sort of big um, significance on culture. Last year, Wally made it in. Wally's a good one. There so. we go. Yep. Uh, so very yeah. very diverse. Yeah, it's a it's a big honor to have your film be added into that. Uh, kind of cool to go through the years and just see what what has been decided to have some cultural impact like that. Yeah, absolutely, many different ones. Uh, next up on news, the Pokemon anime is seeing the end of Ash's journey after twenty five years. Saw this, yeah, uh, yeah. So that was like what two? No, one year after I was born. That Pokemon <laughs> came out. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember growing up with the movies. And so it's just crazy to think that it's been that long for one. And for two, that, like, it's, like, basically rebooting now. Right. Like, he's he's done. <laughs> they're going to kill him off. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the angle that they're going for. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't been keeping up. Maybe it's run its course. I mean, that is a long time to right. keep something going. But well, in the last season, he did just win the the Pokemon Championship, so mm-hmm. now he's actually the, a Pokemon Master. Um, so I mean, it, it's basically at the point where it's like that. That was his whole journey's point, right? So taking it further than that, what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah, unless it was a pass the torch situation, but uh, not that's... exactly a pass the torch. We do have new characters that they're focusing on for mm-hmm. the the new season or the new series, uh, and we saw a trailer for that as well. And it looks really good. It looks interesting. It's gonna be a nice, fresh um, perspective on the series, which is great. Just like, um, I mean, Pokemon's tried a couple new things lately with that, uh, with uh, some aspects of Violet and Scarlet, and with Pokemon Legends Arceus, which came out in January. They're trying new things, so it's like, we need that breath of fresh air to really bring in the new audiences, but also pay homage to what came before and retain your old audiences. Exactly. I mean, they've built their own world, so they can really do whatever it is that they want with new characters, bringing in old characters at other times, or at least just mentioning them. They have all the range to yeah. do those kinds of things. Um, next bit of news, uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. So the second oh, yeah. Avatar came out, 
and it's it's making a decent amount in the box office. So it's probably the most expensive movie of all time. I want to say it was between four hundred and fifty and five hundred million dollars that it cost to make it. Uh, and in its first weekend being open, I think it made about a hundred and fifty million or more. So okay. it's it's on track to definitely make that money back. Yeah. And they're already working on the next few movies. Some of them have even already been partially filmed. Um, and I've heard great things about the VFX. So I, I hope to see that one soon. <laughs> it's weird yeah. because when the first movie came out, like, yes, it did phenomenally. And it was because of the visual effects and everything. But I don't really remember very much from the first movie. Right. And so to see this one so many years later, it's just going to feel weird. So I might have to do a rewatch. Yeah, and that's probably what they want you to do. Yeah. These other <laughs> ones may be released in more of a timely manner, but yeah, it's been a long time, like you said. So need that refresh. Yep. Uh, and then last but not least, and a little bit of drama. Ooh. Oh. Uh, the Rock is having some major beef with DC Studios. Really? Um, so The Rock played Black Adam in the most recent DC movie, Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw, this isn't really a spoiler at this point, it's all in the news cycles, but there was a cameo of Henry Cavill as Superman. Mm-hmm. And he was Superman before in like the uh, DC uh, Justice League movies. And also the Superman movies before that. And the the rumor was that he was going to return as Superman. They were going to have a new universe with him as Superman, uh, Black Adam, Shazam, uh, The Flash, and one of the Batmans. I don't know which one they were going with, but mm-hmm. they were trying to reboot the season or the, the series. And um, The Rock was really pushing for Henry Cavill to be in that post credit scene. Uh, and he got that approved, and also, like, The Rock was posting, like, fake reports of how much the movie made, uh, <laughs> so that everyone thought that it was a success when it really wasn't. Mm. The movie lost money Ooh. from how much they put in to make it. Okay. Uh, but The Rock was claiming that it didn't, and posted some fake reports. Right. So... Yeah, he was catching some flack for that. And then on top of all of that, we just find out from uh, James Gunn and Peter uh, Saffron or Safan. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Last name's out of my head right now. Right. From James and Peter, uh, they are currently trying to plan for what they're doing with DC. And they've decided that Henry Cavill is not returning as Superman. Uh, And there was a statement online that Henry posted, and uh, fans are very torn on it. Uh, While we, they trust James Gunn to do well with the the movies, they also are upset that Henry's not coming back because they're very defensive over him. They they loved his uh, performance, and he's basically like the face of Superman right now, as most of us at this time know of him. so people are upset about that, and The Rock is one of those people who's very upset. Uh, recent reports state that he has unfollowed DC Studios and um, Black Adam's pages on social media and has not released any further statement or elaborated or anything. 
especially after the drama of him faking the budget. So um, I don't really know what he's going through, to be honest. <laughs> That's a big deal. That happens in the sports world as well. If there's a player that seems unsettled and you assume that he or she, um, that they're wanting a trade, that's usually the first move that they go to now is I'm following the team oh, on social media accounts <laughs> and then taking it a step further is deleting any pictures or videos with a uniform on or <laughs> any sort of logo that you have. So it's that's so like dramatic. It, it is <laughs> it's like high school drama, you know, it is it, it is on the level that everybody gets to see it on like such a large scale. So that's just kind of where we're at in the world now. If you want to bring attention to yourself and be like, we're having a disagreement, then that's you bring it to social you media unfollow but in a passive-aggressive manner. But people, fans, look into that kind of thing. There must be some sort of website to easily see. Or I guess you could just search who they're following and who they've recently unfollowed and see it. And then, yeah, that gets reported by other sources, of course. But, yeah. That's that's the way to start something for sure. Yeah, I just love how passive aggressive and dramatic it is, though. It just seems <laughs> like a bunch of children. And you know there are people who are sitting there just scrolling through everyone's follow feed, trying to see who they unfollow each week or each right. day mm -hmm. to, to try to spread that drama. So it really works. Yeah, people are obsessed with this for sure. People like drama, like you said. It's just... It, I think by now it must be something that PR suggests you do. Be like, oh, if you really want to get the news out there that you are having a disagreement, then unfollow them and delete your posts. Because whoever started that first, whoever's idea that was, now that's just the idea. That's the it thing works. that you do. Yeah, yeah it for sure <laughs> works. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the last bit of news that I have. I know it was a lot. Yeah, but a lot has happened, and it's all like in this period of time. So um, I'm sure there will be more news next week as we come up on the end of the year here. That's true. And maybe we'll hear some more reports on what's going on with this drama and what the DC Studios is going to do next because HBO is still cutting program after program. So a lot of drama with them all year, all year long. So... There's no reason why we would stop hearing about it now. No, yeah. This is going to be something that is just beginning. And like you said, we'll be hearing more moving forward. Yeah, um, so that's it for me. Time for sports. All right, time for sports. So the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 final is being played as we are recording this. The matchup is France versus Argentina. These teams have matched up three other times in World Cups, with Argentina having two wins and France having one win. So think about this game the same way you think about mine and Wes's two truths, one lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either Argentina could go three and one all-time versus France, or France could tie two to two all-time versus Argentina. Both Lionel Messi of Argentina and Kylian Mbappe are looking to add to their legacy. So sorry, I can't report the final results as it is taking place right now. Yeah. Also, sorry that since we took that week off, couldn't do semifinals, quarterfinals, things like that. But right. these are the teams that inev inevitably made it to the final dance. Yeah, it's a fast-paced world, so it's hard to mm -hmm. stay 
on top of those things because even if we did report on it, it would be three days after the fact, you know? Right. Uh, so <laughs> while we're not going to be able to give you the final results, we know it's going to be in every news cycle everywhere. So uh, don't feel like you're missing out. <laughs> I say on this podcast, as long as they had fun, they won. So <laughs> they both won. Everybody yeah, won. Yeah, that's, like, that's basically our slogan. We've yeah. said it so many times. Yeah, we sure have. And then <laughs> this is where we insert like a flashback of maybe the one single time we've said that because I don't know that we have. <laughs> I don't think so. And I'm about to talk about some teams losing. Oh, boy. <laughs> Our favorite. Yeah. Uh, hey, there's always winners and losers. Well, there's ties in football and some other things. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there were three NFL games played on Saturday as we're recording this on Sunday, but arguably the most notable one was the Vikings versus the Colts. The Vikings were down 33 to 0 at halftime, but ended up being but ended up winning the game 39 to 36 in overtime victory. So that is the most historical comeback in the NFL regular season. Really? Yeah, that is the most points that a team has been down by to come back and win by. Yeah, that would have to be what? Like five touchdowns? So seven uh, yeah, seven six. to eight points per or eight. no, six touchdowns. And then yeah. a couple couple field goals. Yep. Um and the uh, whatever happens in, in overtime. <laughs> wow. So they were able to do that in halftime alone. Yeah, in just after two quarters. Yep, after halftime. So the Vikings were heavily favored. It was pretty much the Colts. They came ready. The Vikings came underprepared. So the Colts took advantage of a couple plays that went their way. Uh, good kickoff return, some fumble recoveries, interceptions. So they came ready for a dogfight. But then at the end, the favorite team and the better team won. One last thing that's interesting about this. So we've talked about our friend of the show, Matt Ryan, oh, yeah. before. So <laughs> we talked about that during a Devin's director cut. We mentioned yeah. a Super Bowl, the most historic comeback in a Super Bowl of all time with Tom Brady having that comeback. Well, Matt Ryan was on the losing end of that historical comeback against him. And guess who the quarterback of the Colts is right now? Uh, Matt Ryan? It is Matt Ryan. So Wow. He has been a part of the losing side <laughs> of the most historical comeback in the Super Bowl and the most historical comeback in the regular season. That's crazy. Losing in both times. Comes full circle. So, <laughs> hey, the record's on his resume. He's just not the one that was on the winning side. But it's always part of his resume and... Part of his history, but right? Yeah, that was that was quite the game yesterday, quite the comeback. So, speaking of NFL, another result of the games played yesterday and also the game played on Thursday is the teams that are guaranteed a playoff spot. Those teams are currently the Bills, the Eagles, the Vikings, as we mentioned, and the 49ers. There are six more spots in the AFC and only four more spots in the NFC. But those teams are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs as of right now, which is good at this point in the season. All the right. earlier, the better. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got. I have more ways to bring it up in our next two segments. Oh. More news. So. Oh, okay, okay. So more news 
to come, but in a less news-focused way. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so that, that's going to bring us to the poster post-game analysis this week. Still keeping up with the Winter Wonderland theme. We have a lot of wintry characters, snowy characters, icy characters, you know, everything that would fit under the Winter Wonderland oh, yeah. theme. Um, and they're going to be playing what this week, Devin? What, what's this game? They're going to be playing basketball. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're going to be hooping. Right, and I think I know exactly what game it is, honestly. I can't believe I would have forgotten. Yeah, we were just talking about a game in overtime for NFL, so why not talk about the game that went into overtime in the NBA? So this game resulted in 100 points for the team that won and 99 points for the team that fell just short in overtime. So... Who scored 100 and who scored 99? I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah, so the the team that won the 100, it was a very close match. Very mm-hmm. close match. Uh, but the team that ended up winning was the Huntsman. The Huntsman. Yeah, the Huntsman. You know, like Snow White and the, the Huntsman. Yeah. Um. So, yes, they, they were able to really just take down their defense. Mm-hmm. The uh, other team, of course, being the Guardians. The Guardians. Uh, which makes more sense for... The defensive measures there, uh, but they just didn't come through this this game. They they missed just a teensy bit. They were close, very even matchup, but right, uh, it, it was a close game for sure. Yeah, the Guardians were actually up at halftime, forty nine to forty seven. But like you said, just not enough at the end there. Right. The Huntsmen were able to overcome some defensive battles, as you were stating, and. First, I'd like to state that the Guardians were playing without their best player. Um, their best player actually was out with a right quadricep strain. So, <laughs> who was who was out again? I'm drawing a blank on the star Everyone player. Everyone knows that the best team on the Guardians, I, the best player on the Guardians, is Jack Frost. Oh, yeah. And if you don't have Jack Frost, I'm sorry, you're not going to have as easy of a win. So, in the past games... Jack Frost is playing with them. They win by 20, 30, sometimes even 40 points. This right. game here, without him, they, they struggled to keep up. They were able to do it for, for a while, but the disparity became very clear after halftime. Yes, absolutely. But, of course, there were some players that stepped up in the absence, so I would like to point out, one, the point guard of the team, the ended up having 32 points quite something there also seven assists so assisting other players in scoring also five rebounds very good for oh, the yeah. point guard so who is the point guard for the guardians again frozone come on frozone, he was yeah. doing great he was gliding frozone was court. in the zone he was in the zone for sure <laughs> he was gliding across that court so while jack frost is usually known for his ability to uh, send chills down the other team's spine. Frozone, he's chill too, but in a different way. He's more slippery. He's able to get around that uh, their defense and be able to score the, the baskets. So them together, awesome combo. But when yeah. you only have one, it's not it's not going to take you as far as, as it normally would. Absolutely. Had to pick up some slack there, but that is something that they did. They 
did as much as they possibly could. So next, I'd like to talk about the big man, up-and-comer in this league especially. So, I mean, 14 points, that sure is something. And then also Mm -hmm. 26 points scored, a couple of block shots, and even some assists. So who is this rising star that everybody is focusing on? That They were focusing on the main star of the team, but I think this – player should also be getting some more love who is this uh, on the guardians right? yes the guardians oh yes. yeah well you're talking about olive the other reindeer <laughs> um so i mean everyone always thinks about every other reindeer and they're like oh yeah there's dasher and prancer and donner and blitzen and comet and cupid prancer and vixen i totally <laughs> messed messed up the order but like and then there's there's another one but and rudolph you know they talk about rudolph too yeah but what they don't realize is in the song in the song itself they it says olive the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names that's yep. the that's the that's the song you know yep that's and so olive this little dog he he realizes his true calling is to be this reindeer and to play on this team like the reindeer prancing through and being able to uh, to take those good shots and assist his team, and so he's always overlooked because it's just a tiny little lyric. But uh, as we saw in his Christmas special, Olive the other reindeer, as we saw in this game today, he really has the drive to persevere, and I think, you know, just like Rudolph before him, he's gonna go down in history. Okay? Yeah, as a good player and a good reindeer yeah that's already being solidified a little bit um but starting to make more noise um we're still in the early parts of the season but we saw some flashes last season and yeah i think it just continues to get better from here so one last player for the guardians i'd like to mention maybe this was something that attributed to the letdown yeah. They had the player that was on the court for the most amount of minutes not contribute the most. You would think that the players we had just mentioned, while they were up there in the minutes, the one that played the most, they played 46 total minutes in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, every point counts, every rebound counts, but, I mean, no stats in double digits. Yeah. Just eight points. Eight rebounds, one assist in 46 minutes yeah, of play. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like usually, normal matches, good player, great yes, player. absolutely. In this one, there was a little incident, and so while they were on the field, they couldn't exactly play to the best of their ability. So when Grandma got run over by the reindeer, <laughs> she just couldn't play as well. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they still kept her in because they felt bad because you know grandma she doesn't have very many games left in her that's true they're like we got to keep her in just you know keep her spirits up who knows how many more games she's got left in her before she retires but grandma getting run over by the reindeer is the main problem that led to the guardians loss in this game yeah you would think that she would possibly be ruled out as well. I mean, we already had one player ruled out, but I guess that was coach's decision. Didn't right. want to have so much of your starting cast out at one time. But yeah, lower field goal percentage than usual, some missed free throws. I mean, a couple of those extra baskets going in 
could have been the difference maker in this game. Mm-hmm. But like you said, overcoming adversity, you like to see that kind of toughness. So, right. I mean, yeah. just being on the court in general. Grandma's taken worse hits than this, but <laughs> this one just really did her in. So I'm expecting her to probably sit out next game. Yes. We'll see. Um, but, I mean, if, if I were talking to the coach right now, I'd say, yo, Grandma's got to sit out. You got to mm-hmm. let her recover. So she can play more than just a few more games so that she can last a bit longer. Right. I know they ended up losing this team, but they're still at 500. I mean, they still have playoff aspirations. They're still a very good team. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you want, especially for someone with a career as long as grandma, you want her to retire on a high. You know, you can't just, you can't just let her, this be her last match or this be the, the start of the fall. You gotta let her recover so she can come in and end on the high. Yep, let her be at her best. So right, give her that time and give her what she needs in order to succeed. Exactly, I agree. Exactly, exactly. I think that would help down the stretch. So let's talk about the winning team. Let's talk about the Huntsman. So one player was just all over the place on defense. I mean, you were mentioning defense earlier for the Guardians, but I'd like to point out this player. They all over the perimeter i mean even going down getting dirty getting some rebounds and stuff on defense obviously scoring when it mattered too Mm -hmm. uh down the stretch in like that last eight minutes so at the end of the game and in overtime um so i would say this was the play my player of the game who was this for the huntsman oh hanukkah harry come on (laughs) hanukkah harry came out strong you Mm -hmm. know he might have only been seen a few times, you know, in SNL, uh, only in like a sketch or two. But in this game, he was seen way more. He had way more screen time in this game than he ever had on SNL. And it was fantastic <laughs> to see. He really played his best. Yeah, I would have to agree. Only on the court for 36 minutes, but every single minute was impactful on both offense and defense. Just hustling up and down the court so when you are given your all in every single aspect some rest is needed so some players that played a bit more minutes but also scored a bit more points like to just point out two more players so the one that scored the highest amount of points 25 points certainly helps you get there i mean that's that's a quarter of the points oh, yeah. of the whole team yeah. made. So, but I mean, it's to be expected for some, from someone like this. Yeah. You know? So we we have the guard on this team. Who who was this again? Eddard Stark, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. House of Stark. Always comes in strong. <laughs> uh, that's what they call him in the stands. They go, Stark, House of Stark. And then oh, yeah. he, he like comes out strong and he, you know, guards and scores. And yeah, he, he <laughs> just really is a powerful force on the court he is a powerful presence you see him and you're like that is a strong leader of the house man a force to be reckoned with for, for sure, sure yeah. and can play point guard and shooting guard um, but let's talk about the point guard that had 12 assists so dishing out to teammates we've talked about basketball on the show before you got to be a selfless player in order to pass the ball off when maybe you have an open shot yourself but your teammate has an even more open shot or better opportunity to score and that's what's going to attribute to your team winning yeah is Mm -hmm. 
passing it to the best player at the best time for them to score. So 12 assists, that was awesome. 18 points of their own. Seven rebounds. Again, yeah. you just want to talk about all around. I mean, even some steals. Really also playing great defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, again, like you mentioned, was a defensive showdown. It's it's funny because this player is usually more selfish outside of the court. <laughs> but here on the court, it's it's like something changes in him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the fact that he's losing his mind, uh, but when he's on the court, his mind is back in his system, and he's selfless again, you know? That Ice King is just doing a great (laughs) job. Yeah, I would have to agree. So we mentioned three players from the two teams that played. Thank you very much for the analysis. That wraps up this Mm -hmm. game. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, one player I wish we did see a little bit more of, just a teensy bit more. Uh-huh. Sub Zero usually has a better offense than than he played in this game. So I think uh, if if we see him play more next game, uh, he might be one of the one of the top scorers for sure. Sub Zero. I would have to agree. <laughs> um, all right, folks. So that was actually the game that took place on Saturday. The Cavaliers beat the Mavericks in overtime, so that is Cleveland beating Dallas 100-99. This game went to overtime. We saw some awesome games from Evan Mobley and Donovan Mitchell for Cleveland, and then we saw some a very awesome game from Kemba Walker as well as a good one from Christian Wood for the Dallas Mavericks. And I would also just like to point out that that player that was out was Luka Doncic. So yeah. very big star for the team and in the NBA in general. So just wanted to point out that <laughs> that is really what took place. Um, but some of you may have been connecting the pieces anyway. So if that was you, then good on you. Gold if, star for you <laughs> this week. It, it's almost <laughs> as if you got to watch two games because you're probably replaying some things in your head and now imagining it with new characters. Yeah. <laughs> so that sure must be something. But there's highlights in this game. So if you would like, feel free to plug and play the highlights and then match it up with our characters. Yeah. <laughs> we don't quite have the video editing technology at this time. Um, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> we would... just edit the characters in somehow. That would be awesome. That would be... That would be really sweet. If and then we yeah we, we could would, a- analyze it. <laughs> after. Be a lot higher budgeted. That's for sure. We would oh, yeah. need a much larger budget. So <laughs> definitely not at this time. But yeah, um, maybe in the future, <laughs> in the far off distant future. But we hope you had fun <laughs> listening nonetheless. It certainly paints a picture for me. So oh, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> next week we'll be painting another picture as well when we will be doing. Devin's director cut. Yeah. So we will be doing familiar actors and we will be doing a story of some sort of athlete or team with the theme of Winter Wonderland. I already have it picked out. Okay. Uh, but we will leave that as a surprise for you all to tune in for next week. Yeah, I'm excited for that one too. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a few actors that we haven't used yet that i want to hopefully find a a place for but we'll see if it fits we'll see if it fits yeah we can't have adam sandler 
in every single movie that we cast. <laughs> I think we I mean, should, but yeah, you know, <laughs> that would be funny. I guess we should give some other people screen time. I suppose maybe we should have one recurring one person who's in every single one. <laughs> we haven't yet. Yeah, I think I think we've done a good job of rotating and having new people, but uh, I don't know. Oh, maybe we'll just throw Kevin Bacon and everything. I would like that. <laughs> I mean, all these projects are they're overlining with each other so it'd be a conflict if they were filming let's just say oh, three yeah, or four right. different films at one time yeah it's enough of a struggle for you and i to be on every single set multiple of I our mean, films at the same time multiple yeah multiple private jets flying yeah. from <laughs> and i don't uh, want to write multiple checks to the same person that just you know that just gets annoying yeah, I know. My, <laughs> my hand starts to cramp up. So. <laughs> um, all right. That, so that brings us to our last uh, little bit here. We've got yes, two truths and a lie. Um, who should go first this week? Um, so it's currently I'm 0-2. You're 0-2. And, two, and okay. you're 1-1. One 1-1. One. One one. Uh, give right. me a chance to guess so I uh, can get a win under my belt. How okay. about you go first? I'll go first? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is a fun one. Uh, this to this took a little bit more research. Uh, which of the following Christmas movies came out not around the Christmas season? And mm. for this, the Christmas season is uh, November to January. Got it. Yeah. So like January, you know, you get a couple movies coming out after that Christmas uh, time, but it's still like that winter time. Winter and then November, right it's right after October, so everyone's celebrating anyway. So <laughs> Yeah. I've got three movies here. You gotta tell me which one of these three Christmas movies, Christmas based, all of them are Christmas movies. Yep. Came out not around Christmas. Got it. Uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, The Santa Claus, and Elf. Okay. So, which Santa Claus is that? Uh, the Tim Allen one. Tim. Okay, so Tim Allen one, and Elf. I've seen those. Yep. It's been a while since I've seen the Tim Allen. All good movies. Ones. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then you said Miracle on which street? Miracle on 34th Street. It's like a classic Christmas movie. Never seen that one. No? No. Um, Very classic. It's had a couple remakes, too. So I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. That's what we're doing here. This is probably so far off, but this is just what I'm thinking. So. The name of it reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street, even though it's not. <laughs> um, so let's just say this came out, for that reason, in the fall instead of in the winter. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with that. Nope, David. those are two separate things. I understand, but I need to take some sort of guess. That's like the, that's for me, that's the outlier I've seen the other two. I just want to, for my sake, assume that they came out in the wintertime. Saying Miracle on 34th Street is your guess, then? That's my guess, yeah. Okay. Uh, that is correct. Nice. Miracle on 34th Street <laughs> actually came out, surprisingly, in May. May, okay. May, so the summer. year it came out. Yeah, it was oh, a summer right. release. but it, So I, I heard, and I don't know <clears throat> if this is true, but marketing for the film at the time only showed parts that didn't have anything to do with the Christmas presents. Oh. The whole thing is a Christmas movie, but they cut out like the Santa Claus parts and all the other wintry parts so that they could advertise the film for a summer release. Okay. Um but I mean it is a Christmas movie. Like there's no denying it. It's it's yeah. 
Uh, it's and it's a classic one too. A lot of people uh, enjoy that one. We're watching it each year. I had a strange feeling that as soon as you were setting this up, that one was going to be released in the summer. But of these three, I couldn't think which one was maybe released in like June or July. Yeah. Um, so I had to go run with something and it ended up paying off. I was thinking yeah. maybe it would be released in fall, but summer it is. Elf came out at the beginning of November. So that one that one's kind of close, but that's why I had to specify November to January would be the, the Christmas season in this aspect. Yeah, it's right on the cusp there. And like you said, there's some that come out after the new year. So those still all qualify as Winter Wonderland. Right, So exactly. Uh, I wrote this so I could try to break a little bit more news, but I'm thinking about this. <laughs> this might be a little challenging. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I'm going to be very clear on the directions, but it's just kind of a team and numbers guessing game that you're oh, playing. God. So... <clears throat> MLB free agency is taking place right now, mm-hmm. which means players are signing with signing new contract agreements with their same team or with new teams. What I want to know is which of these statements isn't true. So the players are all real, but the contracts and the team are not news that broke. This is not okay. actually the truth of where they signed and how much years and millions of dollars they signed for oh god <laughs> that is hard okay a little bit sorry but i don't know if maybe you've been seeing some of these numbers the thing is is they're all really big contracts and some of them for a lot of years so maybe you've seen some stuff mm. come across your timeline maybe uh, they are like some of the biggest ones so carlos carrera signed a 13 year 350 million dollar deal with the San Francisco Giants. Okay. Aaron Judge signed a nine-year, $360 million contract with the New York Yankees. Oh, God. <laughs> and Dansby Swanson signed a one-year, $17.5 million contract with the Chicago White Sox. What was the first one? So, Carlos Carrera. They're all real players again, by the way. So it's a 13-year, $350 million contract. With who? The San Francisco Giants. Oh, boy. Okay. And they're all real. 13 years was the first one. Nine years was the second one. How much was the last one? One year. One year. For how much? $17.5 million. That's so low. Who signs a one-year contract? Plenty of players. Oh, Especially man. in their thirties <laughs> plus. I feel like I feel like thirteen years is a long time mm-hmm. to chain yourself down to a team, but nine years is also pretty long. Yeah, because uh, you never know what when when you want to leave or move, and right. signing something that long of a contract is is a long time. So year, I guess, is is more reasonable. Yeah, but also looking at the amounts like 360 for less years mm-hmm. but it's also based on the player yeah and then 17 times 9 is nowhere near yeah. that amount 17.5 times 9 we're looking at only 157.5 yep yeah that's like not fair at all he must be a newer player but also, I mean, if it's one year, 
you could always go on to bigger, better things. Yep. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the nine-year contract. The nine-year contract. Sounds sounds wrong. So I that, don't know what's wrong, but it sounds wrong. So that one had a bit of, yes, whirlwind behind it. So this player, Aaron Judge, people were thinking maybe he would sign with a different team. Uh-huh. A very good player, but... He did end up re-signing with the New York Yankees for that amount. So that Dang. is for nine years. Yep, for nine years. For three hundred sixty million. Yep. Dang. Yeah, it. Quite the contract. Carlos Carrera also did sign that thirteen-year deal. Believe it or not. So well, I should have gone with my gut and been like <laughs> one year. That's stupid. <laughs> I know. So that's actually a real contract. So Cody Bellinger is the player that signed a one-year $17.5 million deal. He did that with the Chicago Cubs. Oh, it was with a different team. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So Dansby Swanson, I said that he signed the contract that actually Cody Bellinger signed. So Dansby Swanson also signed with the Chicago Cubs, not the Chicago White Sox. His deal was seven years, $177 million. Oh, okay, so you kind so, of mix and matched. Yes, gotcha. I, I did. So those gotcha. two players are Chicago Cubs. One has a seven-year contract. One has a one-year contract. I flip-flopped, like you said, who had the one year and who had the seven-year. I also said Chicago White Sox. Just plug it in a different name instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, uh, that, is that brings you. me to two and one. So I say... I. Th- See that we're both at one and two. One and two. Sorry, yes. I yeah. mix them up, but I, one yeah. and two. Yeah. All we right, so we two, are tied yeah. now, and then next week is our our last one, right? Am yeah. I right on this month? This yeah, month just one more. Yeah, so next week is our last one. We see if we break the tie, and that's the last one of the year. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That is quite so, something. We're so always a right around that like tie tiebreaker mark where we don't know if next episode is going to be a tie or not we're always within one is what i'm getting at all right so we'll see next week the conclusion of this month's two truths and a lie to see who wins it for this month and for the year another one down to the wire (laughs) yep uh and then next week again like we said earlier is devin's director's cut so we will be making a film of some sort. Uh, maybe again. comedy, maybe biopic. Yeah, maybe. we don't know the the genre yet either. Yeah. So we gotta we I gotta hear the story, and we'll be able to to figure that out for the casting. All right, and uh, as always, you could find me on Twitter at wskimmilk or my website wskimmilk.com for this podcast as well as others. Devin, you can find me on Twitter at devinlang32 for NFL and fantasy football analysis. As always, I have my most recent articles pinned to my profile. Mm-hmm. And Shoot Your Shot Sports uh, will present our podcast as well as other podcasts, so make sure you check them out uh, and see what other posts they, they make and uh, what the other shows are talking about and uh, all that. So that's super exciting. And those of you at home, happy fourth night of Hanukkah. Yes. Uh, And also, if you're celebrating Christmas in a few days, Merry Christmas. 
Uh, and then Kwanzaa's the week after this. Yep. So uh-huh. wish you a Merry Kwanzaa next week. Yep. <laughs> so we're in the midst of it, as you stated. So happy holidays and holiday season for these next few weeks, everybody. See ya. See ya. If It Has a Score is available on all your favorite podcasting providers. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Shoot Your Shot Sports, and more. Thank you again for tuning in. We will see you next week.